0: Hey there, my cool chicks and hepcats. That's slang in the world of swing dance for... Hello, listeners. I want to take you back. To a time where men wore their hair slicked back and their suits too big. A time when the dolls were hardly able to walk because their pencil skirt and heel combo is not conducive to movement. You know what I'm talking about. 1997. That's right. It's the age of the swing revival and... Do you hear that? Oh, it's probably the biggest song of this current moment. Zoot Suit Riot!
1: Zoot Suit Riot! Throw back a bottle of beer! Zoot Suit Riot!
0: Look, I gotta drop the whole bit. You may know the phrase, Zoot Suit Riot, only from the banger 1997 song, but did you know that the actual Zoot Suit Riots terrified the city of Los Angeles in June 1943? For six days? 80 years ago this week. That's right. Right in the middle of World War II, a multi-day riot occurred between American servicemen and young Latino and Mexican Americans. It was essentially a turf war that got real bad real quick. And boy, oh boy, those GIs were not fans of those loose-fitting, cool-looking suits that the L.A. locals wore. A race riot right in the middle of World War II makes you think that would make a great up-tempo dance song uh, with horns. This was a thing This was a thing This was a thing Don't you remember Jackie Robinson swing Going my way with Bing and the friendly spring
1: of a slinky toy. Or color, TV screens, jukebox machines, tiny humble figurines. This was a thing, this was a thing. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Ray. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. This week, we're looking at zoot suits. This was a thing because people love to express themselves through fashion. But the story of this fun, loud, oversized suit has some sad History. I remember this just being the big craze in the '90s.
0: Well, uh, that was my first introduction to Zoot Suits. Was the song Zoot Suit Riot. It was probably the biggest hit of the late '90s, uh, early aughts swing yes, revival. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But here's that earworm. The Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Cherry Poppin' Daddies.
1: One of the worst names. And we thought that was okay back then. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Yeah. But
0: the garment has a rich history steeped in African American, Mexican American, Filipino American, Italian American culture. And as for the song Zoot Suit Riot for being such an upbeat, catchy earworm, the actual Zoot Suit Riots were a terrible week in Los Angeles in 1943 at the height of World War II. So
1: involving race yes yeah it's a yeah oh yeah it involves race and you kind of just so the lyric zoot suit riot throw back a bottle of beer yeah well i'll get into that a little bit later sounds like a party but apparently it's not a
0: party no it's it's not a party anyway i used i used a few really great articles for this smithsonian magazine did an article titled a brief history of the zoot suit by alice gregory and then two articles from pbs american experience first how the zoot suit got so much swag by darnell jamal lisby and second the rise of riots by eduardo obregon pagan I want to start by reading the intro for How the Zoot Suit Got So Much Swag by Darnell Jamal Lisby. During the first half of the 20th century, new fashion trends often permeated culture by starting at the top and trickling down to the masses over time. To some degree, this is the true of the Zoot Suit. Uh, But the style's popularization also sets a precedent for something completely new. As black and brown communities uh, affirmed their place in society, the Zoot Suit represented a powerful evolution of style, from the desire to be seen to the desire to be politically heard. And by the end of the century, those marginalized communities continued to subvert mainstream fashion in favor of those loose-fitting silhouettes. However, in a reversal of the earlier trickle-down trends, their so-called street fashion ironically found itself increasingly co-opted by high-end fashion
1: labels. Oh, interesting. So the high-end fashion labels would take...
0: The zoot suits were started in other communities and then they would be co-opted and, you know, yeah, like every other... Fashion trend
1: and music trend and... So this is going to be an optimistic episode is what I'm hearing about today.
0: So by most accounts, the zoot suit that we know was created in Harlem in the 1930s. But by some other accounts, it was created by comedian Ernest Skillet Maynard, who would later go on to appear in Sanford and Son. Really? Yeah. He would be. He was part of the party records craze back in... Uh, and he's one Back of fred's the, friends one of fred's friends he wore the suit during his comedy act pots pans and skillet which he performed in the chitlin circuit
1: so either so he got started in but harlem, harlem but he but he's but, the but one he's, who made it popular but, well the,
0: there's another story is he said that he created the Oh, this. he said, I created so, yeah. the scene. So it was, okay. you know, by, by other accounts, he was him that created it. But by most accounts that I found, it was in Harlem in the 1930s. The Chitlin Circuit that I just talked about was a collection of performance venues throughout the eastern, southern, and upper Midwest states of the United States that provided commercial and cultural acceptance for African-American musicians, comedians, and other entertainers during the era of racial segregation in the United States throughout the 1960s. What the Borscht Belt was to Jewish acts, the Chitlin Circuit was to African-American
1: acts. So wait, let me... Can I ask you a question about the actual suit itself? Yeah. And if, you, if you're going to get into it
0: later. I'm, well, I'm going to talk about a little bit about suits, yeah.
1: I'm, ta- I'm curious about the material and the excess material and where that silhouette came from.
0: Well, they would... I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit but they were all tailored suits. They weren't readily available in stores and so they would buy suits that were too big for them so they So could that be taken was purposeful. In. Yes, that was purposeful. So I'll, uh, let me get into that. Uh, okay. So regardless of origin, the zoot suit was styled after the London drape suit. Now, the drape suit was popularized early in the 1930s by Duke of Windsor, Edward Eighth. The designer was attributed to London tailor Frederick Schulte. The new suit cut was softer and more flexible in construction than the suits the previous generation. There was extra fabric in the shoulder and armhole, some light padding, a slightly nipped waist, and fuller sleeves tapered at the waist that resulted in the cut with folds or drapes, front and back that created the illusion of a broad-shouldered, tight-waist
1: V-figure of the wearer. Ray, put your hands on the table, please. I'm sorry. This sounds like
0: a look. (laughs) This sounds like a real good look. Now major stars like Fred Astaire started wearing this. He started wearing this new London style and it made its way over the Atlantic to the United States. In the United States, young men in the African American and Latino American communities across the country started to make their own drape suits. Many of them didn't have access to tailors, so this kind of created a do-it-yourself, a DIY mindset. These suits then became popular in Harlem dance halls. This is from the Smithsonian Magazine. With its supersized shoulder pads sprawling lapels and peg leg pants the zoot suit grew out of the drape suits popular in harlem dance halls in the mid-1930s the flowing trousers were tapered at the ankles to prevent jitterbug couples mm-hmm. from getting tripped up while they were twirled so they were tapered at the at the ankle just as a way to help with dancing you know because a lot of leg movement and stuff and swing and jazz dancing so i just thought that
1: was so interesting that I was just going to ask how the dancing works and that, so it's tapered so that it, it's, way there's yeah, no it's tapered material. Yeah, it,
0: came, it came out of a necessity to be able to move better, this tapered look, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Now, taking hand-me-downs or buying oversized suits at retail, like I said, zoot started to be fashioned at home by the wearer to their specific wants, like or tailors. I mean, I'm sure guys were doing their own zoot suits at home and just kind of figuring it out. Tailors also started to make eccentric suits out of wool and colorful varieties of rayon. This is from how the zoot suit got so much swag Uh, due to the extra fabric of the suits the zoot suit possessed added padding broadened jacket shoulders extended jacket length and cinched trouser waists and the zoot suit became popular in the jazz community the style continued to gain national recognition
1: so they all look like 80s b arthur on the golden girls is what i'm hearing yes yeah yeah,
0: exactly kathy peiss wrote a book called the zoot suit the enigmatic career of extreme style Kathy Pice says the exact origin of the term Zoot Suit is unknown, but appears to have come from rhyming slang or jive spoken in the African American community at the time. When it comes to why people wore Zoot suits, she says, I argue that people wore it for the whole range of reasons. It had many different meanings, including the pleasure of looking sharp and being part of a, a group of young people in the war years. The Zoot Suit should not be looked at solely as a costume that conveys political resistance. They were generally worn by young men or of African American descent. Initially, Pice says Mexican american and white working class men also would wear them typically they would buy them at local clothing shops and have them tailored to this oversized style now the zoot suits rise in popularity coincided with the emergence of the jitterbug and other swing dance crazes like i said uh the flashy suit looked real nice on the dance floor and when something looks good on one person then more people follow suit zoot suit By the 40s, the suits were worn by minority men in working-class neighborhoods throughout the country. Uh, Though the zoot suit would be donned by the likes of Dizzy Gillespie and Louis Armstrong, it was not a costume or uniform from the world of entertainment. The Chicago big big band trumpeter and clothier... Harold Fox once said, It came right off the street and out of the ghetto. Uh, Fox was among the many from Chicago to Harlem to Memphis who took credit for inventing the zoot suit, but was actually unbranded and illicit. There was no one designer associated with the look, no department store where you could buy one. These were ad hoc outfits, regular suits, bought two sizes too large, and then creatively tailored to dandy-ish effect. So even though there's no definitive answer as to who was the first to make uh, the zoot suit, uh, Jazz helped make it popular. It helped make it the awesome clothing item of the time. Now, legendary band leader Cab Calloway wore zoot suits on stage while performing. Now, many had exaggerated details like overly draped jackets and extremely large shoulder pads. In his dictionary, Cab Calloway's catalog, cat-o-log, <laughs> uh, Hepster's Dictionary, released in 1938, he called the zoot suit the ultimate in clothes, the only totally and truly American civilian suit. He liked him so much that he even wore him in the 1943 film Stormy Weather. Count Bassey was known to wear them as well. Uh, Darnell Jamal Lisby says, The oversized nature of zoot suit silhouette with its wider armholes and roomier trousers allowed for performers to move more freely while performing the exuberant style of music. The zoot suit offered a prime example of fashion's democratization as a the bold new style gained mass appeal. Young mainstream wearers all across the country embraced and uh, enhanced their own suits.
1: So, if I'm understanding correctly, the suit got started in the black community. then. Went out to the Latinx community and then was picked up by like white teenagers, uh,
0: Italian American teenagers, see, but okay. yeah, but definitely white teenagers. But yeah, it came over from the drape suit and then started
1: making its way into the Harlem dance clubs. You might not know the answer to this, and, and please forgive me. But during World War II, when everything was being rationed, especially well, like,
0: we'll get into World War II and rations, I shall wait my turn. But you're always on it with good questions now. If you can wait till <laughs> the end. And just write them down. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Now, the zoot suit would sometimes be paired with a chain that went down to the knees and a wide-brim fedora-like hat with the feather attached, like I wore to prom, with the jacket arms that reached the fingertips and pants worn tight at the waist, bulging at the knees and choked at the ankles. It was nearly impossible to ignore a man wearing a zoot suit. This is from Smithsonian Magazine. To some men, the suit's ostentatiousness was a way of refusing to be ignored. The garment had profound political meaning, wrote Ralph Ellison, the author of Invisible Man. For those without other forms of cultural capital, says Pace... Fashion can be a way of claiming space for yourself, and you do that every day. I know jean cutoffs and a white V-neck constantly, and the Crocs. Don't forget the Crocs. Thank you very much. Uh, Pace also says initially it was mainly a mystery to mainstream Americans. It was seen as a strange but not necessarily sinister. Over time, there was a perception that the zoot suit is unpatriotic. Now, why would they assume that this suit is unpatriotic? Well, I'll get into that after I talk about. One of the precursors to the Zoot Suit Riots. Oh. The Sleepy Lagoon Murder. What? Yep. Now, on August 1st, 1942, Jose Diaz was found beaten and stabbed near what was then known as the Sleepy Lagoon. This murder would be the beginning of a violent clampdown on Mexican-American youth by the police. Was this in California? This is Yeah, in, in Southern California. From the rise of riots, the Sleepy Lagoon was simply the name given to a water reservoir on the Williams Ranch in a rural area of Los Angeles County. The reservoir was used primarily to irrigate crops, but used for ma- uh, many young people in what is now Bell, California, a suburb. Los Angeles. It was also used as a swimming hole by day and Lover's Lane by night. The early evening of August 1st, 1942 started like most other summer nights at Sleepy Lagoon. Young couples parked and enjoyed the peaceful sights and sounds of nature. I assumed that's what they were doing, you know, as the youth... That's what they do, right? At Lover's Lanes. Like, that's a nice sound.
1: <laughs> they just listen to nature. Yeah.
0: One of the couples was Henry Hank Leva's and Dora, Dora Barrios. They were from L.A.'s 38th Street neighborhood. While they sat under the moonlight, they were suddenly viciously attacked by a group of Russian immigrant boys that Hank knew from Downey, which is another suburb of Los Angeles. They ruthlessly beat both Hank and Dora. Now, after the attack, Hank and Dora drove back to 38th Street to get some backup. And it wasn't hard to find be- people to ha- come and help for the revenge because Hank was really popular and the Russian boys from Downey broke an unwritten rule of beating Dora. So, you know. You don't hit the woman. You don't hit the woman. Uh, Nearly 30 young people, both boys and girls, crammed into cars and headed back to the Sleepy Lagoon. It was about eight or nine miles, just in case you're taking notes. I saw you just writing something down. And that's based on current Google Maps, not 1942 Google Maps. Thank God, I was worried. That same night, Jose Diaz, who lived on Williams Ranch, decided to attend a birthday party on the ranch held in honor of one of his neighbors. In just a few short days, Jose was scheduled to report to induction into the army and head to boot camp. The birthday party was a lively fiesta with food food, music, dance, and plenty of drink. Now, when Hank and his band of nearly 30 got back to the Sleepy Lagoon, the Downey boys were nowhere to be found, but they did hear something. The sounds of a party at a cluster of homes on the Williams Ranch. They were convinced that the Russian Downey boys were there, partying it up. So with this thought in mind and revenge still fresh on their minds, Hank and his friends converged on the unsuspecting partygoers. The fight that happened ended up lasting about 10 minutes. Uh, it was brutal, men, women, girls, boys. No one was safe from the pummeling. It just everyone was just getting just beaten up. Now this is from the rise of riots. The fight had all the markups of Teenage Rumble, except for what neighbors discovered shortly after the fighting. Lying in the shadows a short distance away from the party was jose diaz jose diaz died later that night at
1: the los angeles general hospital okay just so i'm because i've never heard of this before so just so i'm following right there was a latinx couple a bunch of kids from downey that were russian Mm -hmm. beat them up Mm -hmm. this couple was angry they went back to their neighborhood and said we're gonna go beat up these kids from downey Mm -hmm. so a whole bunch of latinx people got into the car when they got there the Downey Boys were gone.
0: They weren't, they couldn't, they weren't, they were gone. But, but then there was
1: another party. There was a party at a house filled with, with just, just Russian pe- people? No,
0: just people. So they they didn't they didn't know who was there there was a lot of people so they just figured well there must the, the russians the must Ru- be over there must, the downy russian boys must be over there so
1: they start so they picked a fight with people that had no idea what the fuck was they happening
0: had no idea what was happening they had no idea there was a fight that just happened at sleepy lagoon they now, were just there jose to have diaz. fun jose diaz jose diaz lived on williams ranch and he was went to the party because and he was about to go into the army so this was kind of like one Got of those it. like oh cool you know i should party before i go so he's at he's at the party <clears throat> and he and he didn't he come from the 38th no, and he doesn't, and he doesn't know the 38th Street crew at all. Got or anything.
1: it. So, and he dies. And he dies, he yes, dies. as okay. a
0: result of this uh, okay. rumble. California Governor Democrat Colbert Olson uh, was becoming more and more concerned with the rise of juvenile delinquency, especially since America was now at war. Remember, this was August 1942. America didn't enter World War Two until after Pearl Harbor, or December 7, 1941. So this is only you know, eight months after Pearl Harbor. So this is still, the war is still p- pretty fresh in America. Governor Colbert Olson wanted to make the murder of Jose Diaz his call to action. The LAPD and LA Sheriff's Department rounded up more than 600 youth who were mostly Mexican-American. Hank Levas and 21 others were then indicted for the murder of Jose Diaz. How many? 21 others? Twenty. Uh, yeah, Hank and 21 others, and they rounded up 600 to get to those 22 in total uh, indictments. The trial would last for months, and the tabloids called for Hank and the other's conviction. The jury sided with the tabloids, even though there were no murder weapons, no witnesses, and not even a confession. Regardless, the jury found them guilty of murder. Hank Lavis, among the others, was uh, sentenced to life in prison. And all of this leads to the Zoot Suit Riots.
1: And we don't know who actually killed Mr. D. No,
0: no, they don't know anything. But with the tabloids back then swaying, you know, jury probably saw that and stuff. so
1: it's safe to is it safe to assume that somebody at that party killed Mr. Diaz? They just don't know who at the party did that? Correct. So everyone's going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. May I have your attention please? You Elaine May. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners, but what could be more exciting than spring showers, green trees, and new flowers? How about new Patreon subscribers? Tell us some more, my little Cinco de Mayo. Oh, well, let's do some spring
0: cleaning of your wallets, folks. Head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. C-O-M. And search This Was a Thing, the podcast. I'm not going to spell that out for you folks. And send a monthly donation and even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we're doing. Get so many more episodes, 26 at least, but we're working on a way to get a lot more for you folks. Just be
1: ready. Get ready for audio overdrive. That's right. And the general public does not get those 26 episodes. You... You only get them. Hey, hey! For spring, you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm off to pick flowers now. What? Can I join? I don't know. Can you? May I join, Mr. Schneider? Yeah, I just—I think you just should learn how to say it correctly. That's all. May. May I join? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! But you probably don't. You're allergic to a lot of this stuff. Yeah,
0: this is actually really bad pollen season. So before I get into the riots, I want to talk about Los Angeles a little bit more around this time, especially since the start of World War II changed the way the United States operated at home from the rise of riots. Census information tells part of the story. In the decades leading up to the rioting, Los Angeles experienced an unprecedented population explosion. With the Midwesterners who flocked to Los Angeles, thousands of Mexican refugees fleeing the Mexican Revolution made their way there. So too did landless white laborers escaping the dust bowl of the drought-plagued Southern Plains and African Americans seeking better opportunity than they found in the South. The coming of war in 1941 further complicated the city's social dynamics. White men went off to fight in in a segregated military and women and people of color filled the jobs in the defense industry previously reserved for white males. Rather than embrace such events as social advances, many whites accepted the changing social realities only as the lesser of two evils, the greater being German and Japanese militarism. So while wartime conditions reconfigured gender and racial boundaries, segregation was emphatically reinforced in other areas. Civilian and military leaders in Los Angeles all too easily saw cultural and racial differences among Japanese Americans as subversion and betrayal and actively supported. The forced relocation of Japanese Americans into camps set in the rural West. So, Japanese internment camps were probably the biggest stain I think in on America, like that yeah. America did in you know, just in 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 America. It just that was just awful. Now, at the time, a lot of LA residents felt vulnerable to attack from Japan on the West Coast. There were civilian patrols throughout the city, uh, and on the beaches, there were they were outfitted with anti-aircraft guns. Now, mind you, Southern California was a major location for the military. There were bases located in and between Los Angeles and San Diego. And they said that up to 50,000 servicemen could be found in L.A. on any given weekend like on their day off. So just going through and you know hanging out and letting off some steam. Now as I mentioned earlier, this was the era of jazz and it fascinated young people. This is from Rise of Riot. It was a musical, cultural and even ideological expression that was far removed from the hit parade music commonly played on mainstream radio. Jazz music and dance were sensual, expressive, joyous and raucous. Jazz musicians openly defied segregation by mixing on and off stage and jazz enthusiasts also mixed on and off the dance floor and now the loud and bold colors big shoulders and narrowly wasted balloon pants the zoots who quickly became associated with the jazz scene and all the problems that the jazz scene presented so that you know, the jazz scene was associated with the african-american community you know racial segregation in los angeles for mexican-americans and it just was a really bad boiling pot right now and things were about to boil over. Now, Eduardo Obregon Pagan notes... The zoot suit was one part of the jazz world that visually defied the norms of segregation. Unwritten rules demanded that people of color remain unseen and unheard in public spaces. Zoot suited young men and some young women held themselves upright and walked with a confident swagger that seemed to flow from the very fashion itself. So people people of color felt good in this. This was something that was their own and they could stand out and they liked wearing them and because you know, white people did not like people of color standing out. They, To them, they weren't supposed to do that. And that was just, was not working out for white people, which poor white people. You heard it uh, here first, Twitter. Uh,
1: d- Ray Hebel says poor white people. Oh, God.
0: This story was so frustrating to read. And it's just like, it's just so awful. It's just, I don't know. It's it just, it, things never fucking change is essentially what I've got from this. Now, due to the Sleepy Lagoon murder being in the public's consciousness and its association with young Mexican-American men, the zoot suits started to become singled out. It started to become linked with criminality and gangsterism by Los Angeles authorities. Uh, the young Mexican-American men who wore zoot suits would be known as pachucos. Mexican-American women would be referred to as pachucas. Now, many Los Angeles residents or Angelinos started to object to zoot suits and those who wore them. Uh, This included some of the older generation of Mexican-Americans. They were known to be more conservative and traditional, the anti-pachuco. The anti-pachuco. Anti-pachuco. I just made that up. This is from Penn Today. Go, Penn. We are. Oh, Penn State. Yes. At the dawn of World War II, the zoot suit was condemned by the U.S. government as wasteful. Not surprisingly, the criticism did not dissuade fans from wearing it, and in fact, may have even attracted more people to the look. Now, Due to war rations, wool started to become harder and harder to find, which made the demand for wool zoot suits even higher. Zoot suits started to get criticized as a wasteful use of cloth. Critics started to view zoot-suited Mexican-American youth as cultural rebels and delinquents who openly defied cherished American values and customs. Now, thousands of servicemen viewed Los Angeles as a playground where they could go and get drunk, pick up on women, and get into fights, you know, all because... The war was going on, this behavior was pretty much largely overlooked, uh, but some started to grow tired of it. Particularly in the segregated ethnic enclaves of Los Angeles, unruly servicemen met stiff opposition from young men and women who refused to defer to the presumed prerogatives of white privilege. So white privilege has been around oh forever i'm shocked uh, while white military men and civilian youths of all colors clashed with the streets confrontations occurred most frequently be- between white servicemen and mexican americans because they were the largest minority group in los angeles so look at we have the most people to pick on so let's let's choose them Rude and drunk military men would be confronted by young Mexican-American men. They did this uh, as a way to teach them some, quote-unquote, proper respect. Sailors would insult Mexican-Americans while they strolled through the neighborhoods. And rumors spread that uh, sailors were looking for Mexican-American girls. So that was a rumor spread. That sailors were looking for Mexican-American, Mexican-American American girls. girls. So then the Mexican-American men would want to, you know, think that they, have, they want to protect their, their women. I see, I see, I see. Okay. Rumors were also spreading on military bases stories of revenge that sailors suffered if they dared to date a Mexican American woman. So the rumors were heading were spreading on both sides of the thing. Mexican-Americans were thinking sailors were going to take their women. Sailors thought that, oh, well, if you, you know, dated a Mexican-American woman, it's not a good thing. Sailors complained bitterly about their wives or girlfriends being subjected to the sexual taunts of young Mexican-Americans. The tension continued to escalate until a street fight between sailors and Mexican-American boys sparked more than a week of fighting in June of 1943, known as the Zoot Suit Riots.
1: So what exactly caused this specific? Was it a specific incident that caused the riot? Or uh, a spe- a specific well, incidences?
0: on the evening of Monday, May 30th, 1943, thanks for the segue, about a dozen servicemen, soldiers and sa- sailors, were walking down the street after a night of letting off some steam. They spotted a group of Mexican-American women on the opposite side of the street, which prompted them to cross the street and start following the women. Gotta love men. God love men. So these men are following Just the women. Just following
1: the women, probably catcalling. So these white sailors are following a the, lot of the next women. Exactly. Okay, keep going.
0: Uh, standing between the military men and Mexican-American women were a group of young men in zoot suits. The two groups passed each other. At this point, no issue. The issue arose when sailor Joe Coleman feared that he was going to be attacked. To prevent this, he grabbed the arm of one of the zoot suitors. That was a big mistake. Coleman was knocked unconscious from a strike to his head and fell to the ground. Other young civilians started to attack the sailors with everything they could, rocks, bottles, their fists, and after the sailors escaped,
1: they fled to the naval armory. So Coleman, if I understand this correctly, yeah. a white man, uh wanted to sleep with a Latinx woman. He, he was trying he was trying to pick up on Following her.
0: Yeah, the him and a group of sailors, so he, you know, uh-huh. strengthened numbers. He
1: thought somebody was going to attack him.
0: Well, you know, a group of zoot suitors, Pachucos, if you will, saw these sailors about to accost these women, women and so they got in between them. At first, you know, they just kind of went around each other. And, so
1: so if I understand, Mr. Coleman's angry that he's got in trouble. He's getting sea blocked Yes, got it. Thank you so much. Although the fight only lasted a few minutes, the shock of the story
0: lasted much longer. The story would also start to become severely distorted. Soon after the sailors decided it was time to retaliate against the Zoot suitors. After a few days of organizing and rumors of other attacks spreading throughout the base on the night of Thursday, June 3rd about 50 sailors left the armory. They were armed with makeshift weapons and they
1: were out for vengeance. So these sailors are now going to attack Zoot suitors. Yes,
0: that was their plan. Uh, their first stop was a nearby Alpine neighborhood. Uh, it was the site of pre- the previous altercations. Alpine proved to be a bust so they moved towards downtown and stopped at the carmen theater they turned the house lights on and roam the aisles searching for zoot suiters
1: not necessarily the zoot suiters that they not, got into the physical just, altercation just with. anyone if wearing, you're wearing a, you're, a suit
0: yeah then you're obviously associated with that other group okay the first victims of what would end up being known as the zoot suit riots were 12 and 13 year old boys who were just wearing these suits. just yep they own the only thing they were guilty of was being at the wrong place the wrong time. Were they killed? No, the sailors tore the suits off the boys, beat and clubbed them. Then they set fire to the remains of the suits. Of the suits, all while ignoring the protests of the other theater patrons. But like I said, servicemen were getting. They were getting away with a lot more uh-huh. than normal because they were servicemen. they servicemen. It it's was World War a, Two. World War Two. Okay. exactly from the rise of riots as the mob of sailors moved on reports began to reach the armory watch commander executive officer lieutenant charles bacon was sent to investigate after failing to find any evidence of wrongdoing wrongdoing at numerous spots bacon came upon the shore patrol marching a group of 60 men to the central police station where they were about to be placed in jail bacon assumed control of the situation and saw to it that no charges
1: were recorded by the shore patrol so wait i'm sorry who was getting so i'm guessing guessing the
0: sailors were starting to get like okay you're gonna get put in the clink for the night, okay. And so then, he was like, don't put a, them in and, the army. And he was starting to hear rumors of like fights and stuff going uh-huh, around, uh-huh, and so okay. he made sure to go, well, look, we can't put our boys in the army. Got it. The second night of rioting started with young Mexican-American men driving- Second night? Second night. Oh, this was the, this was multiple this nights. This wasn't just one night. No. The second night of, of rioting started with young Mexican-American men driving back and forth in front of the armory, yelling insults at the guards. The sailors decided to go out again in search for trouble. Their initial search for zoot suitors turned out to be a failure so they decided to head into the local neighborhoods of East Los Angeles and Boyle Heights and take their fight to the local Mexican-American community. It's a sad twist on what was already unnecessary violence. Not being able to find the Pachucos they were after, the sailors turned to the Mexican-American community to assault and terrorize. The sailors stormed into bars, cafes, and theaters in lower-income sections of the community, also known as the barrio. The police force in Los Angeles did almost nothing to protect the innocent civilians. One policeman was quoted after the riots as saying, "You can say that the cops had a hands-off policy during the riots. Well, we we represented public opinion. Many of us were in the First World War, and we're not going to pick on kids in the service." So
1: Mexican Americans are calling the police, saying, "Hey, we got problems." The police are like, "Not our problem." Yeah. yeah it's Essentially, yeah. Okay, so this is day two. This is day two still, yeah. Okay.
0: Pagan writes, the violence continued during subsequent nights, uh, enveloping even those who had no connection to jazz or the zoot suit. When a group of Mexican musicians exited the Aztec recording company after a recording session, they too were attacked. The musicians were all adults and none of them wore zoot suits. So it was just anyone they could find. Now, if you look Mexican, they're going to come after you. Exactly. Regardless of your clothing. Exactly. doesn't matter. At that point, they just wanted they just wanted vengeance on anyone they could that wasn't a white man. It seems, you know, and like I said, the Mexican Americans were the largest minority group. So, you know, and they went into their neighborhood. That's the thing. Uh, military Commander Clarence Flogg reported that there were hundreds of servicemen prowling downtown Los Angeles, mostly on foot, disorderly, apparently on the prowl for Mexicans. The Navy reported that groups vary in size from 10 to 150 men and scatter immediately when the shore patrol approaches. Uh, men found carrying hammock cues, which are clubs, belts, knives, and tire irons. Uh, the military seemed more concerned with regaining control over their men than the violence said men were inciting. So they just wanted to get them, and they didn't care what was happening as long as they could just get order. Knowing it would be a terrible press for the armed forces, especially at wartime, commanding officer Admiral Bagley appealed to his sailors to use quote-unquote common sense... Mexican American kids organized and fought back. Rudy Levas, no relation to, as far as I can tell to Hank Levas, and his friends set traps for the sailors and random civilians that were pursuing them. They even used decoys to lure unsuspecting victims into traps. Rudy Levas remembers. And they let out a cry. There they are. There they are. And they came in. As they came in, once they all got in the way, we all came out. And I myself had a bat and I used it. So. They were fighting back, uh, you know, but I'm guessing when you're fighting back against trained sailors— Fact, tricky. It's tricky. The worst, uh, the already terrible violence occurred on Monday, June seventh. hasn't even The worst hasn't even happened yet. That night, a crowd of five thousand people gathered downtown. A Los Angeles newspaper printed a guide on how to quote de zoot a zoot suitor. In part, it said, "Grab a zooter, take off his pants and frock coat, and tear them up or burn them." This was in a newspaper, a newspaper in Los Angeles. From the rise of riots, by this time, the mob was no longer made up of only sailors from the armory. Soldiers, marines, and sailors from other installations as far as Las Vegas eagerly joined in the assault. Part of the mob headed south for the predominantly African-American section of Watts, and another group headed... East for Mexican-American East Los Angeles. So they're coming from Las Vegas, which in 19—right it, it, now it takes about four hours to get there. You know how long it would take to get to, like, to L.A. from Vegas back then? I mean— it's, Oh, sure. It, and so they were making the trek, and and word was getting out to Las Vegas that this was happening. Okay, so now they're coming from Vegas. Yeah, they're coming from and Vegas. And now,
1: if I remember correctly, this started June 3rd? And now we're on June 7th? Yeah, June 3rd. And the very
0: first night was May 30th, where there was the first initial scuffle. Uh,
1: So every night something's happening. Yeah,
0: and and there was the buildup in the couple days before the first official night of the riots. Al Waxman, who was the editor of the East Side Journal, which was a small Jewish newspaper, witnessed the chaos. He describes a, quote, Mass of humanity locked in a violent struggle, arms swinging, legs kicking, shrieking with anger. The police were arresting dozens of young Mexican-Americans. Why am I being arrested? One of them asked. The response was a savage clubbing with a nightstick. And although the boy fell to the sidewalk unconscious, he was kicked in the face by police. Awful. By the morning of Tuesday, June 8th, the rioting started to subside. Los Angeles declared off-limits to all sailors, soldier, and Marines by senior military officials. The shore patrol gave orders to arrest any disorderly personnel. So all service people had to be out of You're Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. The next day, the Los Angeles City Council adopted a resolution which banned wearing zoot suits on Los Angeles streets. Banned them completely. The punishment would be 30 days in
1: jail. If you wear a garment of clothing. Yes, zoot suits.
0: After the riots were finished, Governor Colbert Olson ordered the creation of the Citizens Committee that was charged with investigating and determining the cause of the riots. In 1943, the committee issued its report. It determined racism to be a central cause of the riots. So it actually oh, wow. determined t- racist. Yeah. Well, the committee's findings weren't what Los Angeles Mayor Fletcher Bowron wanted to hear. And he came to his own conclusions. He said the riots were caused by juvenile delinquents and by white Southerners. According to him, racial prejudice wasn't a factor.
1: Racial prejudice wasn't a factor. If somebody looked Latinx,
0: they went after them. Eduardo Abrogan Pagan writes of some of the aftermath. Within a year of the riots, Hank, Laivas, and the boys were released from prison. Their conviction in Sleepy Lagoon case was overturned on appeal. The court ruled that there had been serious errors in the trial, a biased judge, the denial of counsel, and a lack of evidence. Authorities declined to retry the case. Whoever killed Jose Diaz got away with murder. When Hank and the boys returned to the City of Angels and their place in it was changed forever, in little time the zoot suit style faded away from view, the And eventually, the small reservoir known as Sleepy Lagoon fell victim to urban sprawl and was filled in.
1: So at this point, were people saying these suits are more trouble than they're worth? Absolutely.
0: Zoot suits would lose their popularity in the U.S. Uh This is from one of Rob's favorite magazines, Smithsonian Magazine. But the suit had a luxuriant afterlife, influencing styles from Canada and France to the Soviet Union and South Africa. It was the subject of The Who's first single. This is The Who's Zoot Suit. Is- now, the outfit's iconic shake was taken up in the 1980s by Japanese avant-garde designers who sent models down the runway and... Tumescent suiting around the time that MC Hammer put on the drop crotch pants.
1: Ah!
0: Causing outrage in the form of widespread hand wringing over the alleged immorality of sagging pants, a style that has never quite gone out of fashion. No. So the zoot suit was the genesis of the hammer look, which was then sagging pants look. Now, We can't talk about Zoot Suits without talking about the Swing Revival music craze that started during the late 80s and went through the late 90s to Mm -hmm. the early aughts. Now, Swing Revival is also referred to as Retro Swing or Neo Swing. Regardless of what it's called, some ska, punk, rockabilly bands decided to try something new. That new thing was playing fast-paced, danceable swing music, and if you're going to play music from the 30s and 40s then you better dress like you're in the 30s and 40s right but you can't bring up the swing revival scene without mentioning like we talked about earlier which might be the worst band name ever cherry poppin daddy cherry poppin daddies had probably the biggest hit of this music craze zoot suit riot
1: Does he understand what the Zoot Suit Riots <laughs> yes, were? Yes,
0: that catchy earworm is lightly based on the riots I just told you about. There's no mention of any racist behavior, but with lyrics like "Who's that whispering in the trees? It's two sailors and they're on leave. Pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy?"
1: yes I am what 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 does it even mean? Well it, it talks about two
0: sailors there on
1: leave no so, no I got up to uh, that point but then when when why is it Pipes and chains
0: and swinging hands so yeah, they they're have, gonna beat them up yeah, yeah and who's your I'm guessing that's the who's your daddy is a way of s- establishing dominance uh yes that's, that's how I took it it really does kind of make the song awkward now just thinking of all those white people dancing to the song in the 90s carefree not having a single ounce of what the context was in their tapered pants. It's nuts to think how big this was, and there's still people that do the whole swing dancing oh, thing, yeah. and like, oh yeah, and it's just, I get it to look, but it's just, I wonder how many of them have done the research, are know
1: yes. the story of zoot suits. Besides the fact that, oh, well, they were worn in the 40s. So wait a minute. So why did this swing craze then like... So we we have an idea of why this swing craze Mm reemerged, but then it fell off again. I think it just kind of... People started realizing how stupid it was. was Sorry, 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 sorry. It's not stupid. It's not stupid.
0: But you also have to remember in the late 90s and early aughts, there was so much new different kind of music and different kinds of offshoots of different kind of like you know this was an offshoot of ska and then you know then there was rap rock you know what i mean it was just there's so much and i think with mtv when it still was playing music and stuff helped expose just so many different types of music that there was just
1: this phase and then this phase do you remember learning about the zoot suit riots in high school or history class especially considering we grew up in california
0: no i don't remember where neither I, do i it was, it's one of those things that i kind of had an offshoot knowledge of knowing that Oh, the Zoot Suit Riots from the song. Like, oh, yeah, those were a thing that happened. I didn't really know what caused them. I didn't know who was behind them, who uh, the sides were or whatever.
1: I remember the first time I heard Zoot Suit Riot, and I just thought it meant like Zoot Suit Explosion. Yeah, like there's Zoot Suits exactly. everywhere.
0: And I think it was just one of those things that in my random Wikipedia blackholing over time, you know, it was like, I came across Swing Revival to sw- Cherry Poppin' Daddies to, to Zoot Suit Riot to, oh, this was a thing. You know what I mean? And yeah Not even trying to shout out our show. <laughs> hey, thanks hey, so much. how are you?
1: So the Swing craze a- as well in the 90s, that brought this back. That Absolutely. sort of has tapered off. We probably, you're, we're probably saying that we probably will not see I don't think this they, come down but again.
0: I mean, there's so much that is popular now that, I mean, it, people are dressing like they're on Saved by the Bell nowadays, and that's like the in fashion, you know, and it's probably now on to Boy Meets World, you know what I mean? But like, it's 90s now is back, which means that fashions that were popular in the 90s, i.e. zoot suits and swing revival looks, I could imagine, to be honest, it could be happening again, because 90s fashion is so so popular again, and that was such a pocket of 90s fashion. But
1: what I find also so interesting in all of this, and I'm trying to think if there's an example of this earlier than the zoot suit, the fact that the zoot suit became synonymous with a specific ethnic group that wasn't looked upon highly. I'll talk about that after the break, but from what I've gathered,
0: this seems to be the first thing. This is the origin story. The origin of associating clothes with criminality. And we'll talk about that after the break. Thanks, Casey.
1: This was a th-
0: and now this is a scene. sketch.
1: Knock knock. Uh you wanted to see me, Principal Mipka? Sorry, Dr. Mipka. <laughs> yes, Mr. Feeful, sit down, won't you? Not not that chair. That one, that one's fine. What's that chair? Oh, that's the chair the auction winner gets to sit in when they shadow me for a week. It's it's not important, but it's very important. Now, I see you're having a choir concert this upcoming Tuesday.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you heard
1: our tribute to the year
0: 1997's best songs of the year. And let me tell you, 1997 was
1: highly underrated when you talk about earworms. I don't really remember much of 97. I was a prisoner of war in a Guatemalan prison. Didn't really get a lot of music.
0: Well, I sure hope you can make it. I... I I bet the kids would love to have Mr. Dipkid there cheering them on when we do our boy bands in utero medley, because it's it was the beginning of the boy band uh, era.
1: I actually won't uh, be able to make it. Uh, besides, the new guidance counselor is on the calendar to attend pretty much every extracurricular event for the rest of the semester. It's like a rookie hazing thing, all in good fun. So I was able to get an advanced copy of the program uh, for your choir concert. I had to see what songs you were choosing to uh, help represent the school. I'm a little concerned with some of your choices.
0: Well, off the bat, I want to say that, yes, Sierra Scheinbach is singing the Meredith Brooks song, Bitch, but right before Sierra is going to be giving a speech talking about women's empowerment and uh, how she wants to take the word bitch back, you know, make it a positive and not a negative thing, you know, it's kind of like that one scene in the vagina monologues where the audience is riled up into uh, chanting the C word. You know, but that, that, that is not going to happen. No, 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 no. I told Sierra the only audience participation is when the audience is instructed to sing along with the chorus of Oombop or when the men's group does their rendition of Da Dip. Because let's be honest, Dr. Mipka, almost everyone has to put their hand up on their hip because when you dip, I dip, and then we dip. So that's kind of the audience participation.
1: They're all dipping. I don't... Dip. I really don't even bend anymore Not since 97
0: You should know that the McGarity triplets doing I'll Be Missing You is a tribute to Biggie Smalls Just like the original Not gonna bring it down I told the McGarrity's that the tribute to 1997 Is not a tribute to their grandmother <laughs> That was a tough conversation And they were also gonna be playing the classic performance From uh, Puff Daddy, Faith Evans, and Sting That they did at the VMAs Audio off, of course, you know It's the McGarrity's time to shine
1: I have no idea what the words are that just came out of your mouth.
0: Is it How Do I Live by Leanne Rhymes? No. Two Become One Spice Girls? No. Where have all the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole? No. Up Jumps the Boogie by Magoo and Timbaland? No. Well Pony by Genuine is gonna feature Deborah Residel's adult mini horse. No. Well, this is the one I was thinking about cutting, but is it My Baby Daddy by B-Rock and the Biz?
1: This is going to be a long, problematic show.
0: We're going to be doing two intermissions this year, plus uh, the version of Bittersweet
1: Symphony by The Verve is the extended version that was never released to the public. I'm going to cut to the chase. I mean, there are so
0: many great songs, am I right?
1: Your opinion, not mine. No, what I want to discuss with you is your choice of the song, Zoot Suit Riot. Well, we're editing the original group name in the program so you don't have to worry about that i see that and i'm not sure cherry eating uncles is any better
0: oh yeah i should i should have done a second draft on that well i want you to know that that song is preceded at least by a brief recollection of what happened during the riots and how the song failed to mention a lot of other things that happened
1: what riots the
0: zoot suit riots
1: uh, that was a real thing that happened like 80 years ago. It was, it was an awful few days. How am I supposed to know this? Am I the history teacher? No, Dr. Mipka. That's correct. We don't even have a history teacher. No, it's not the riots. It's it's one of the lyrics. I'm concerned that you didn't change it and parents are going to be very upset.
0: Which lyrics, sir?
1: They talk about throwing back bottles of beer. This is a high school, Mr. FIFA. We can't be advertising that our students drink beer. Here's what you do. Change the word from beer to cheer. Throwing back a bottle of cheer. Hold on, I gotta hear that. Throwing back a bottle of cheer. Throwing back a bottle of cheer.
0: I, I mean, it rhymes, but I'm not sure it makes much sense.
1: Makes as much sense as you opening the show with Circle of Life while only having three students of color in your choir. One of which I am sure just has a tam.
0: Great point. Uh, We'll go ahead and just have that uh, seat reserved
1: for the guidance counselor right by the back door. Back door? No, no, no. I told you. We're hazing her. I'd like her to have the opening solo in Circle of Life full costume. Oh man,
0: Tiffany O'Reilly's parents are going to be so upset. They already send so many emails. Thank you. This was a sketch. I want to talk about a point that really stuck with me. And Then you even asked kind of about it in the article, how the zoots who got so much swag, author Darnell Jamal Lisby says, However, like many fashion trends of the 20th century associated with African and Latino Americans, like baggier silhouettes or hooded sweatshirts, the zoot suit has also become a symbol used to target these communities. He also says, during the rise of hip-hop music during the 1980s and into the 1990s, a new style of baggier clothing once again entered the realm of popular fashion. The style was pioneered by creatives like Dapper Dan and communities like Carl Canney fubu and cross colors and often worn by artists whose music protested systematic inequalities in the justice system. Much as with the zoot suit from half a century earlier, this style was viewed prejudicially by law enforcement agencies. And similarly to the, zoots, to the zoot, these looser silhouettes demonstrated fashion as a form of expression and agency for marginalized community who found a voice through their style. So this, was, this seems to be the first fashion item or fashion style that got associated with People of color and criminality and, you know, there was the whole thing with Trayvon Martin with the hoodie. Yes, and wearing yeah. a hood. And so,
1: so you think fashion-wise, this is where this, that we can look at that as the origin. Yes, and
0: from my research, it seems like this was the first thing that look. Maybe there was things back in the day, but at least in, in American culture, where it's very prominent,
1: and it's clothing you're creating. It's it's and yeah. you're not quote unquote conforming to what the American idea. Yeah, exactly. Of fashion is. Yeah, and
0: so yeah, it's your own DIY style, the white American idea. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I will say, zoot suits are much. Much more celebrated today. You know, I'm sure idiots still associate them with, you know, criminality, but they now are looked at as fashion pieces and, you know, the, the effort and style went into them. The Los Angeles County Museum of Art, or LACMA, was working on an exhibition of men's fashion and it was going to cover the 18th century to the present the one piece they couldn't find was an authentic 1940 zoot suit really from the la times despite their iconic nature vintage zoot suits have been difficult to come by the large amount of fabric they employed meant that many were likely taken apart to make other clothing when the fashion fell out of favor
1: but no one had like in their closet
0: anywhere it took years but finally, in 2011, LACMA was able to win an authentic zoot suit at an auction. The initial bid of 500 went to five figures in less than a minute. The museum won't give the exact price, but it's reported to cost them about $70,000. For the suit. For the suit. Get out. So, yeah, that was my report on zoot suits and the zoot suit riots, which is a sad stain on Los Angeles' history. That I'm sure many would like to forget, but that's not, you know. I'm sure the Navy doesn't like bringing it up, or you know, uh, anyone involved in the Navy side on it. But it needs to be remembered for the tragedy that it was. So, that's what, that's what we're here to report. So, with that said, should we play a game? Yes,
1: please. (laughs) Let's cleanse our palates. (laughs)
2: This was a thing, and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz.
0: Mark Schroeder. Mark, do you remember the, uh... Swing revival craze. Oh, do I ever! Oh yeah,
1: yeah,
2: that was big. That was big in my adolescent, formative years. Didn't exactly know what it was harkening back to. Thought it was a thing of its time, and then and with time, you realize that it's just a. Did you swing dance? No, I never. Really, that's I Really, you I feel think like I was swing on to date with some girl? i like, she'd be like, oh, let's go swing dancing. It happens a lot out here. I knew a lot of people who and were like. swim class, swim classes, swing classes, and swim classes. <laughs> did, I, did, you, did you partner swap? Uh, yeah, we partner swapped, and yeah, we swung and, and, that's and swing. Yeah, I sent my girl through a window one time accidentally because I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I didn't finish the class and just jumped right in.
0: Now, now let me ask you now that you're an adult, uh, what do you think of the, uh, I think probably now the worst band name
1: ever the Cherry Poppin Daddies. I don't see what the problem is. Okay, fair. Let's. What's the game today, Mark? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So we zoot suits, Mark's mustache. Right now, I think you'd understand. He's really in character. <laughs> That's fair. I am the yeah. leader of the fan club and <laughs> the Cherry Poppin Daddies. Uh, I mean, zoot
2: suits. They may be gone, but they're hardly forgotten. No, I've oh, got one under my clothes right now. I'm wow,
0: yeah. it's a big overshirt.
2: It's a real big one here. Here's a little peek at the zoot suit. Whoa. <laughs> Man. Oh flashy. There you go. Get the those pinstripes. <laughs> But uh, thanks to popular culture of the last 70 years, the legacy of the Zoot suit lives on. So let's celebrate this fashion statement with a little game called Zoot for the Moon. Okay. You may land amongst the czars. Yes, welcome. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, God, no. Where am I? So you guys are going to compete head-to-head in this in a Mm. speed round. I'm going to read. I got nine clues here related to zoot suits or the era from which they emerge. The person who can answer the quickest gets the point. The winner gets to go out on the town and spiffy new threads. Okay. The loser is being sent off to war.
1: Oh, boy. I have fallen arches. Well, I don't care. You're going. Oh, God.
2: What, you can't man a machine gun turret with fallen arches? Oh, Jesus.
0: (laughs) Can I sit down?
2: Can I sit down and man it? This famous Hollywood feature film comedy flop included sequences inspired by a Los Angeles air raid. 1941. Zo- yes, that is correct. In the 1994 comedy The Mask, this is the name of the green-faced, zoot-suit-wearing protagonist's alter ego. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, some God name, kind of. I don't know. This would be Jim Carrey's character named Stanley, Stanley Ipkis. Ipkis. Stanley
0: kiss. Oh, I was thinking Ipkis. of, like, the god that. Per- okay, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a little bonus
2: there. What god is inside the mask that he's wearing? What god has been banished to the mask that Stanley the Ipkis of, is wearing? god like, of courage
1: or something?
2: Garrett. It's a god of mischief. Mischief? mischief. It's oh. Loki. Loki, the god of mischief. Oh, I didn't Made have popular me. in the Marvel. Is it, yeah, is it Loki? In the I think movie? it's supposed to be the same. Yeah. So wow, before that's Loki cool. was. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. I was going to say, it's Tom Hiddleston's face if you look at the mask. Yeah, they should just combine IG <laughs> yeah, and just have a mask-Marvel crossover. He wrote the 1996 independent film Swingers. Uh, John,
0: John Lithgow. No, no, no. Uh, uh, John, John Favreau. Favreau.
2: Sorry, it was John Lithgow. Yeah, John, <laughs> John, Lithgow, John yeah.
0: Favreau. John Lithgow. <laughs> I want to do something about the swing scene in Los Angeles.
2: This swing revival band of the 1990s recorded You and Me and the Bottle Makes Three Tonight.
1: Brian Setzer Orchestra. <laughs> no.
0: Uh, would that be Cherry Pop and Daddies? It is not Cherry Pop oh, and oh, Daddies. Oh,
2: oh, 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 uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. It is another daddy, yes. Oh, <laughs> that, there Voodoo are Voodoo a, lot yes. The so. a lot of daddies in the revival scene. A lot of daddy scene. This famous human and civil rights advocate and former zoot suit wearer described them as quote, a killer-diller coat with a drape shape, reed pleats, and shoulders padded like a lunatic cell Malcolm X. That is correct. Here's a freebie. This swing ska band released a 1997 compilation album titled Zoot Suit Riot. Cherry Poppin' Daddy. Yeah. MC Hammer. Didn't know we were going there, did you? Can't no. Touch This. Revolutionized the Zoot Suit for the 1990s in his music video for Can't Touch This, which samples this 1981 single. Oh, uh, uh, Freaky. Uh, super Freak. Super Freak is correct. This iconic... Comics, TV, and film character made his villainous debut wearing a purple zoot suit in 1940. The Joker. The Joker oh, nice. is right. Yeah, duh. Yeah. The musical number Zoot Suit, from the fictional musical Electro City, is performed by Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black in this 2015 Netflix comedy sequel. *A um, um, uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. Did you ever see that, Rob? Yes, it's hysterical. i believe you. In the 1951 Three Stooges short, Three oh. Arabian Nuts, this stooge finds a genie in a bottle. Shemp. And genie. wishes for a brand new zoot suit. Shemp. That is Shemp. Shemp gets a brand new zoot suit. That's his first wish from a genie is to get a new suit. Not not to end the war. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not for world peace. No. No, solely focused on his own. You gotta get some duds. Yeah. Hey, Shemp, what are you doing there? <laughs> Had you guys ever worn a suit suit? Have you ever? I you have you? For a show or for fun or for what?
1: No, because this came out right when I was in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are uh, mostly, crazy.
2: mostly dust right now. Yes, I. I <laughs> Oh, you mean the re Okay, yeah, not, the re-craze. not the original. I'm sorry, okay.
1: the re <laughs> gotcha. The re yes. Bowling shirts were in, swing outfits were in. Mm. Uh, I remember I did go swing dancing. It did not go over well. Mm. Oh, God, I wish I could have seen that. Well, we were on a dance floor, but the dance floor... Was it, was gonna, it was a borderline. I was going to... It was a borderline, yeah. Ask. And there was a like a wall that sort of like was curved that surrounded the dance floor, and I threw my hand out, and screw was sticking out, and I gashed my finger open on my, on my first rock step. Oh my so, goodness. Wasn't good. Wasn't good, boys. Finger popping daddy. Finger popping blood, <laughs> blood. Blood. <laughs> that happened about 5 years ago.
2: <laughs> Throw back a bandaid. Uh,
1: so, uh, The Swing Revival Revival. Ray, where can people find us if they want to get uh, more swinging with us? Oh, well, we're going to be at the
0: Hippest Cat's Club up in uh, downtown LA. Uh, it's going to be a big uh it's going to be a big zoot zootin party, folks. Come on down. Uh, get all the details on our Instagram. This Was A Thing Pod, or our website www.thiswasathing.com, or Patreon.com/slash This Was A Thing. Old Lucy level five dollars a month gets you exclusive content. Oh my gosh, so ex-
1: so exclusive. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Make sure to shower. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing. And a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cutcut Schwartzberg. Our composer, Billy Better Than DC Racy. Our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford. Our graphic designer, Natalie's nothing too graphic, DeSavia, and finally our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was a Thing Pod and Facebook, we are This Was a Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you.